let let me introduce this kind of podcast yeah uh, go ahead my name is boris chikulai i am in kiev ukraine um, in chicago robert buhar and in new york serhii kabut so uh, serhii hello um, tell uh, please tell me please Uh, mm-hmm. uh, idea of uh, our of what we do uh, conversation yes. tonight. Yes. Yes. Uh, so we're gonna discuss the uh, work of two researchers. Both of both of them deal with uh, the uh, post-communist uh, transformation of two neighbor states: the uh, state of Ukraine and the state of. Czech Republic. Both of the states were part of the Soviet Communist Empire. And both of the states, well, at least officially, are no longer communist countries. But in fact, in fact, it's not exactly the fact that they are no longer communist countries. There are still forces in Czech Republic and in Ukraine that uh, on the Cover may look like uh, democratic, but in fact, under the surface, are still connected to communism and KGB power. So, Boris' research is uh, basically the uh, same kind of research that a famous uh, uh, researcher Olga Krishtanovskaya did in Russia. Boris took biographies of uh, 909 top politicians in a modern Ukraine, starting from prime minister, president, the members of parliament, and uh, analyzed the biographies of these politicians, mm, published uh, openly on the internet in the open sources. And he came to the conclusion that at least uh, 40 to 50 percent of the top 900 politicians in Ukraine either studied at KGB schools and colleges or served in KGB or studied in special communist party colleges and schools and were part of so-called communist nomenclature, the top uh, leadership of the communist party of the Soviet Union. So that, this is a very amazing result. It means that the top Ukrainian politicians are still part of some sort of underground communist KGB structure that in fact operates in Ukraine and controls everything in the state of Ukraine. Robert Bukhar, on the other hand, a Czech cinematographist and author, is studying the aspect of so-called velvet revolutions that happened in the Eastern Europe in the end of the 80s, beginning of the 90s, when, at least on the surface, it looked like populous appraisal overthrew communist regimes in those countries. So uh, Robert interviewed several very famous and important people in the world politics, including current Minister of Defense of the United States, former head of the CIA, Central Intelligence Agency, 
other specialists and authors, including a very famous anti-communist uh, from Russia, Vladimir Bukovsky. And all these people confirm that, that, in fact, the structure of the communist parties and the KGB remained in place, maybe went a little bit underground, a little bit in secrecy, but still operate. And not only in Czech Republic, but it looks like in many countries, and not only in the Eastern Europe, but in the West as well. So I think we should probably start off with giving the uh, uh, turn to uh, Robert Bukar and let him tell us something about his uh, newly published book that is called the, I understand it is called The Collapse of Communism. Yes, Robert? Please go no, ahead. Hi, guys. No, the, the, actually the whole project started as a documentary film which is titled The Collapse of Communism, The, the Untold Story. But that film is still in post-production and it's not finished. So I moved in the other direction and I decided that I will first publish the books on this. Uh, so the original English version of the book is called And Reality Be Damned. Uh, it is a subtitle also, uh, Undoing America. Uh, what media didn't tell you about the collapse of communism and the, in Europe and the end of the Cold War. Uh, ironically, the Czech translation came out as a book before the original. So original is supposed to come out in America in January. Uh, Czech version under the title Revolution uh, 1989 was just published a couple of weeks ago in Prague, so it's available in Czech. Um, I would just like to say that actually my work is not focused exactly on so-called Velvet Revolution. It's just a part of it. I I try to take like big picture perspective from global perspective. So Czech Republic is sort of a part of it because uh, that's where I have contacts. I know people where I live for certain years. So uh, that was like like going back to the ground to the you know to those to those people who actually lived through that process compared to those other experts, you know, the factors and CIA officials who actually were part of it, but like from the, from the different sides, you know, from the distance. Uh, so uh, I am pretty much uh, covering the problem or trying to raise awareness of, of these issues in the sense of what actually happened how it happened, and what are the consequences for Western democracy if this trend is going to continue, which I believe it will. There is no way to stop it. Ironically, I must say that uh, Western media has no intention to change the history, you know, or go back and examine the history of what happened. Actually, Western media and all media, I guess, at this point, uh, pretty much are interested to enforce the present version of, of, of what happened 20 years ago, which is really uh, discouraging thing. Or, say, or sad yes. thing. Uh, Robert, may, so, may um, I ask you this question? We, yeah. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. um, 
The question yeah, is that we in Ukraine, yes, we in Ukraine know that Czech Republic adopted um, a legislature on uh, lustration of the former communist and KGB functionaries in Czech government. Uh, what can you tell us about this? Was it successfully accomplished? Did it really turn things to the better in the uh, second part of the 90s? What was the impact of uh, lustration process on the Czech society? Did it help to democratize it, to clean it of the communist past? Please. Oh, of course it failed. It, it had to fail because it was set up to fail. It was set up. Actually, I just recently, a couple of weeks ago, I had read some article, somebody named uh, that the illustration was the idea of one of those uh, people in the former communist uh, government. So it was pretty much just uh, for media show to get rid of certain people, you know, keep uh, keep in the others and pretty much satisfy the public that something was done. But after illustrations, you know, many, many people uh, pretty much, you know, skipped through and, and got through this system and uh, stayed in the government because the, their past was hidden. They stayed in the secret police and all that stuff. So uh, it was complete fail, I would guess. It's my, my opinion. May I ask you what what uh, errors were made? What mistakes were made? What, what, how technically it was possible for KGB and communist functionaries to uh, main, uh, still keep its control on this Czech society? Uh, it, it, do we know like what, how exactly they accomplished this? That illustration didn't really work in a perfect sense as it was expected. Well. Uh, I am not expert on this, but my opinion from what I know is that if you start with the beginning, that the whole change of the system was engineered by KGB and pretty much manufactured by Andropov. So they had pretty, you know, plenty of time to set up certain scenarios how to do things. So in the case of frustration at the end, uh, before the station started, the archives and files were already altered and, you know, and changed and the way that certain people disappeared. And then, of course, when the whole thing started moved and, and happening, uh, yeah, there were certain people with certain interest, money interest. So corruption was involved, I would think. And this is... Uh, even President Václav Havel, he, you know, certain files of certain people were sealed so nobody can see them. So it was not a transparent, transparent process, you know. It was, uh, it was just, uh, it was the show for the public, I would say. So ba basically, one of the major, one of the major methods to, uh, mm, to make illustration not effective was the, uh, the uh, either the uh, destroy destroying of archives or the fact that archives were moved to Moscow or some other place in the Soviet Union or former Soviet Union. So basically, if you don't have the files, if you don't really know the lists of uh, 
KGB, uh, Czech STD, STB agents. You can't really illustrate them because their names are in secrecy. Is this the exactly? And there is other. There is another factor. So look, who did the illustration? You know, people who took over the government and certain you know positions of power. They were most of them were pretty much selected ahead. That those will be those people who will do it. Then, on a couple of occasions, some people who were not on the list of these uh, of these you know selected ones got in the system too. I guess the great example would be Vladimir Hutchin in Czech Republic. So they had to get rid of those people. They spent a lot of energy to discredit them, you know, make sure that they cannot uncover anything. So those who were sincere, they were slowly but systematically eliminated from the from the new system. And, and those who actually were there to cover the tracks, they stayed. It's, it's interesting because, well, uh, let, let me tell you where we are coming from. We are, uh, reading the Boris research, we can see that the uh, you, politicians in Ukraine, all of them, basically, half of them are not even hiding their KGB past, but most likely all of them are in some way connected to the uh, underground KGB communist mafia. So we know the names, and uh, those people are uh, controlling the uh, national politics uh, in Ukraine. So in our opinion, if we can uh, get rid of them somehow, well, in, in, a, in a perfect world, uh, forbid them to, to be uh, politicians, um, then, then we would uh, have a country in uh, Ukraine. Uh, so, uh, well, maybe it's not, it's not going to be a perfect solution, but we, 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 we were hoping that it, it could, could be done, maybe better than it was done in Czech Republic. Well, but um, uh, now we, we can tell that, uh, well, if, if, so even if the idea of the cleanup of, uh, through illustration process is such a nice idea, it could be corrupted if it puts in, put in the hand of, the, of not a good people. It's very interesting, though. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Look at it from this perspective. So, so who controls the politics? Uh, politics are controlled by money. So who is now controlling the money? Uh, I guess it will be the same in Ukraine as it is in Czech Republic. The most uh, powerful and financially secure people are those from previous regime and those who actually work in this uh, uh, sort of intelligence agencies and they own businesses, they run, you know, they run the show. So they have enough, enough, you know, resources, uh, financial and others, you know, to control politics. Uh, Robert, may I ask you the question on Cibulka files? We've learned that in, uh, I believe it was in the second part of the 90s, maybe 1996, uh, Petr Cibulka somehow got uh, a hold of lists of KGB agents in uh, Czechoslovakia. And I read on Wikipedia page about Petr Cibulka that it was a list of about uh, over 200,000 people. And he managed to publish this. 
But later, I've heard it was not really clear if those lists are authentic or maybe they were manufactured. Can you put, please, some light on the Cibulka story? Uh, yeah, yes. Cibulka, Peter Cibulka got uh, this file from an, another guy, which names just escaped to me right now, uh, who actually got them somehow, right? That guy later was killed or, or died under weird circumstances in Yugoslavia. Uh, so Cibulka got a sort of opportunity to make it public. So now if you talk to Peter today, he believes that he was manipulated and he was used actually as well in, in, in that game that files were altered before they got out and uh, so they were not complete and again they were used for public to satisfy the public opinion that something was done and that, that uh, justice uh, is going to happen. Uh, in the files, there is pretty much everybody who came in the contact with with, with, with with secret police. So that means that even if you were actually, you were arrested, uh, they sort of, the protocol was made about uh, about the interrogation or whatever, your name probably was in that file. On the other hand, uh, I know quite a few examples of people who definitely should be there and they were not there. So, uh, again, you have to keep in mind that those files started to be cleaned and, and pretty much altered uh, in the spring of 89. So, STB under lead, uh, leadership of uh, Alois Lawrence interim minister at that time, uh, they had plenty of time to do all these preparation work. According to some sources, there was a courier plane flying from Prague to Moscow almost every day, carrying papers, you know, from Russian embassy, just to get it out of the country. So they were getting ready for the future false lustration that actually didn't lustrate no one except, well, like in case of Tsubulka files, a lot of good people got, uh, names got damaged by this. Well, very interesting. It is... Yeah, and, and, and it's, of course. It's, it was, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I uh, was uh, going to say that Okay, uh, Robert, you finish your thought, and then I, I will talk. Yeah, and there was, of course, there was a collateral damage, so some people were sacrificed, you know, some people were not. Who knows what, under who decided who will be sacrificed and who will be saved and who will be rewarded by staying in the system and making money out of it, you know. Like, um, one example of sacrificing people uh, are you guys uh, aware of the case uh, of uh, Ludwig Zivchak? Yes, of course. I have heard about this uh, and I read in your writings about him, but it would be interesting if you can briefly tell our listeners about it. So, Zivchak was officer of secret police. Uh, he was pretty much uh, his objective... His, his, he was in charge of operation setting up uh, new students' organizations which will uh, get ties to dissidents' organizations and others. Then, of course, he, in organizing of demonstration in uh, November 17, 
And at the end of that, uh, he played uh, the role of the students who supposed to was supposedly killed by police. And that action, you know, released to the uh, to the air by media, triggered so-called Velvet Revolution. So that was all pretty much set up. Um, I interviewed Zivchak himself. You know, he showed me his he had false passport. You know, to travel out of the country after this happened to Moscow. He had one way air ticket to the Moscow, so, but at the end he never got. Uh, order to leave the country so the whole thing could be sort of leaked and so he got probably pissed off because he was set up he didn't know that so he was used to play certain role and now he's in the situation then they made a fool out of him in a way because no media believe him anymore they see oh Zivchag he made it up you know <laughs> so that's that sort of deception game how you make public actually not to believe what actually happened this is exactly reminding me of the situation that we had in Ukraine with the disappearance of the journalist uh, uh, Georgi Gongadze in year 2000. Uh, it, it is not proved to this day that he was killed. If the body is not identi fully identified at 100% probability that it's his body or even with any sufficient probability. And that case also spurred a lot of unrest in Ukraine. That the um, that time at that time president of Ukraine, Leonid Kuchma, was blamed for it. And now we know that the operation had a a, a goal to block Ukraine from joining NATO in a fast manner and from blocking Ukraine into. Uh, cutting a deal on the Caspian oil with Azerbaijan, which are very important strategic elements of uh, Ukrainian politics, NATO and the uh, energy independence. So it's a, it's a, the same kind of a technique was used in Ukraine. And it's a shame that uh, it happens and that the public is so easily fooled with these uh, deceptive stories. Well, it's interesting, but see, it's um, getting back to the uh, uh, perspectives of lustration in Ukraine. I should say that in Ukraine, the KGB and communist apparatus is uh, absolutely not hiding its presence. They uh, put uh, the, the MPs, members of parliament of Ukraine, they put in their official biographies the fact that they either studied at KGB school or were the officers of KGB. So it's, um, it's very hard to compare two situations. In Czechia, at least, they're trying to hide it. The, they have to create false leads. They have to, you know, they have to have this lustration spectacle the, the, for shows the, to show the public that, well, we are, we are democratizing. We are getting rid of the communist past. In Ukraine, they openly uh, say that, well, they, they, I've heard that in the security services of uh, modern Ukraine, it's even it's, uh, considered to be uh, something to be proud of. They still call themselves uh, Czechist uh, from Cheka, which was the, the, the first name for the KGB organization uh, after Bolsheviks uh, took power in 1917. So this, this situation in, in these two neighboring countries, even though they're so close, 
and people uh, you know travel uh, in between and basically part of the same region but the situation is rather different well um, um, Robert yeah, may I ask you what, how would you see because go ahead of course it's different because it's a, uh, every country has a different you know landscape uh, now it's also different time so I think especially in Ukraine they 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 feel much more safe and, and secure than than in Czech Republic. But even today in Czech Republic, there are many people in the higher posts of the government and interior ministry who now pretty much admitted that they were part of STB apparatus. But uh, there is no actually even uh, push to remove them, you know, at all. It's pretty much has been sort well, of accepted as, as, as what it is. Uh, yeah. Can the uh, law of, of lustration be applied to those who uh, are openly known and actually confirm their uh, connection to, to the uh, STB KGB apparatus? Is, why the illustration uh, legislature is not applied to those people? Well, I think in the beginning of lustration, they made some exceptions. Except they, they created certain criteria where I, I'm not sure of exactly about numbers, but around 2,000 people from original secret police apparatus were allowed to stay as a specialist, you know, on certain manners and, and stuff like that. And then they never left. So this is the way to bypass a real cleanup of the uh, KGB and communists. They created a list of well, two thousand people is an, is a, is a big group. Two thousand people is uh, they can they can actually uh, formulate the policy of the state if they are uh, in the position of the members of parliament or members of cabinet. This is serious. This is serious thing. So basically, this 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 why illustration in Czechia didn't didn't really work because it wasn't done uh, as it was supposed to be done well uh, so um, then then I come to the conclusion so there was no actual social force in Czech society that could have uh, that could have um, uh, de determined the positive outcome of this I what I mean is that the people of Czechoslovakia and later Czech Republic didn't really demand and didn't really push for the reform and clean-up. Is it the case where the people of the Czechia and Slovakia actually not really interested in the uh, um, uh, changing from communist system to what it is? Can we say so? Yes, we can say so. Majority people didn't want to change the system. You know, majority people was quite happy. They would be, they would be probably happy with some sort of. Uh, uh, sort of aesthetic, you know, changes like having more uh, freedom to travel, to say things, you know, get some sort of more, more, uh, more market economy type of system, and that's what actually the whole perestroika was about. Just move it in that direction. Of course, they couldn't control everything, but they had a couple scenarios, and I think they pretty much manage everything because they didn't lose the power. They uh, they actually gained the power. They lost maybe 
for a moment like a political power, but they gain economical power over everything, even over Western Germany, uh, over, over Western Europe and Germany and, and so on. So, uh, uh, make the story short, uh, with, without push from inside, those changes will not happen. Let's face it now. And those people who were supposedly like making that push, like let's say in Czech Republic, Charta 77, uh, we can say pretty much for sure these days that Charta 77 was like controlled by KGB, was financed from the West with the help of CIA. And uh, both sides were trying to uh, pretty much gain control or whatever. But uh, CIA knew that the KGB runs, uh, runs, you know, the, these dissidents. And, and most dissidents, uh, those uh, influential dissidents knew it as well, you know. Of course, there was a bunch of people who were just taking the right. They maybe believe what they are doing. But you can see that these days, those people after the revolution went through, they were kicked out, they, they didn't gain any influence. Those influential people from, from dissidents' movement were all former communists. Uh, if you look who, who actually started Charters, uh, Charter 77, uh, 80% or so of those people were former communists from 60s. It is, it is um, uh, plausible to well, we we can we can uh, think that w uh, one can say that well they were communist, but now uh, it is capitalism in Czechia and the property is redistributed according to the capitalist principles. So, what would prevent this former KGB and communist people from becoming a good and effective owners and capitalists, and maybe the next generation? will uh, bring a better politicians or what is the danger of the of the fact that the KGB and communist communists still remain in power in Czechia well under the cover maybe not uh, openly saying who they are what is actual danger or maybe it's a part of the normal revolution what are your thoughts on this uh if I understand your question correctly, you want me to say what I think was the danger of present situation? Yes, yes, because, because the argument can be made that even they were KGB, now they are capitalists and they uh, contribute to the country good. Uh, or is it not the fact? Can you please that's, elaborate that's, on this? That's not the fact. That's not the fact, and it cannot be the fact. That's like in others, you know, intelligence agency, but I guess KGB exceptionally. Once you are Czechist, you are always Czechist. It's an elite organization. It's a prestige organization. So, um, they actually, if you go from that ferry, which I believe, and some other people like Bukowski believe it's, 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 the, it's the right, uh, explanation, they prepared this to happen because they knew that communist ideology is dead, doesn't go anywhere. But they want, didn't want to give up the power, they wanted function economically. So 
according to Bukowski's document, what he got and what some of them I saw, uh, Andropov was preparing this since late 60s. So we can actually actually elaborate on that, that actually in 68, when a bunch of people in Czech Republic, Czechoslovakia were kicked out of the party, they were kicked out of the party on purpose so they can become dissidents and be leaders in the next revolution, Perestroika revolution. So uh, the danger is Amazing. now that the danger now is really grave danger because now communism doesn't exist. At least at the eyes of Western world, communism is dead. It was dead 20 years ago. So and every, they think that everybody is a good businessman now and they, you can do the business with them. If the fact that actually Russian mafia is like uh, controlling uh, uh, organized crime around the globe and making enormous amount of money, money which can be used and are used for uh, corruption and uh, extortion and all these things. So actually they are in much better position these days because they can control uh, economy, they can control politics, they can influence politics on global scale. Yes. Well, yeah, and it and and even if if in the past we knew exactly what are the communist goals, they openly stated it. So now it looks like they their goals became even even more violent. But now on top of that, they're hidden. They went underground, which makes them even more dangerous. Well, it's uh, yeah, they, it's they, really they they gave, they gave up ideology. Uh, official ideology of communism for, for, for actually gaining more ideologically and pretty much if you go f from the premise of, of communism from the beginning, just get rid of capitalism as we know it and then you can go and go on and on with uh, all that, all the fairies about push for global governments, uh, for actually getting rid of politics and manage the world instead of, you know, governing the world. And, uh, and you, if you look at the United States today, it's, it's scary shit, you know. <laughs> yes, it is, it is. So they, 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 they just changed the uh, uh, tactics, not changing the strategy, uh, and they still have the goal of world domination and enslaving of every single person in the world. But they do it secretly now, and they have uh, much more effective means to do it. They accumulated billions or even trillions of dollars, if you put them all together, and they can manipulate things like uh, uh, world uh, financial uh, world financial system, as we've seen for the last year, over a year, how the world financial system got into the crisis situation, and they can manipulate world oil prices, which hits everybody in the world. I mean, if you uh, anything that we produce needs energy, and if the uh, major source of energy is inflated in price three times, so that means that everybody will pay for that, and it's very right. it's Better. very interesting. That's exactly yes. correct. And when you, again, if I, in my book, I'm sort of talking about with Bukowski, about European Union in general. So, uh, according to the document he's got, it's amazing. He actually has documents when actually, uh, Gorbachev was discussing 
new you know organization of Europe with Mitterrand long time before it actually became public so according to that you know the original idea was that actually they will create a new sphere in former Eastern Europe and that in that way they can uh, apply more pressure from West and East to just squeeze them you know so it's it of course it didn't end up exactly that way but it's uh, it's you know evil evil plan from the beginning yes yes and it is it makes it even more scary and serious um robert what do you think uh how would czech society react to uh airing out all this uh analysis and research that we just discussing meaning oh how would the ordinary czech uh, citizen view this is he aware or at least partially aware what is going on or maybe it's on subconscious level i've heard that the society is kind of depressed because the deception the lies this uh, show of uh, supposed illustration and cleaning of the communist and KGB structure is not something that is, is going unnoticed, even though maybe some people do not realize it consciously, but it damages the morale of the society because, well, it's a massive global lie. What do you think? How, what is, how can you comment on the state of Czech society in, from this angle? Well, I believe that Czech society is completely demoralized already uh, out of any hope. People are so skeptical to anything they hear, so they actually don't listen to anything, they don't read any stuff, you know. And uh, in, a, in other words, they don't give a damn. Majority doesn't give a damn. They just want to do their own lives. And they, then, they don't realize that if they become so ignorant as they are at this point to whatever is going on, they are actually killing themselves, you know, that's, that's the sad part. Of course, there are some people who I really, I really admire who are trying to change things and do something, but they are in such a minority, they don't have a really big public support, you know, they can never actually form the party which will make, make it into parliamentary party, you know, so... I don't see any way out of this mud hole in in that particular country. You know, Poland is different. You know, I would think a lot. But Czech Republic, I don't know. You know, like I can tell you an example of my book was published three weeks ago. So I'm going some response from uh, from people. But you know, no official media mentioned it. The only official critique was written by. Something like a former communist guy uh, who used to run a newspaper, Mlada Fronta, under communism. He wrote sort of, don't touch that book, it's so bad, you don't even bother. And uh, you can hardly get it in bookstores outside of Prague, you know, and stuff like that. So, you know, there are still many forces who really try to keep status quo the way it is because it's... Uh, that's where their business is, and they have enough power to do it because people don't care. 
corruption is in, extreme, you know, people got used to it, nobody complains. Um, so again, to your question, what, how people will react to that stuff, uh, I would think people will not react at all. You will get some sort of reaction from from a certain little group of people, but look at you know, Peter Cibulka. He's talking about it all the time. Nobody listens, you know. Well, it is it is very sad to hear because if society is not interested, not paying attention, that's that's even worse than not knowing. Uh, well, the the knowledge is out there. Your book is out there. Other sources are out there. But people, well, may I ask you another question? Is uh, um, uh, is such a thing as Euroscepticism present in any at any sufficient level in Czech society, uh, or Czech society totally accepted the idea of this new global government that now manifests itself as the uh, European Union government? Well, I am not quite sure. I this the way I see it, you know. They like it's hard to make a choice there because they on one side they see European Union as a sort of guarantee and sort of like a more safety uh, from pressure from Russia, you know. But on the other hand, uh, it's also another way of socializing, you know. Uh, the country because the whole European Union is, is socialist, you know, entity, you know, it, it's, it was designed to be like socialist, you know, past in, in Soviet unions and certain procedures and, and, and so it, it, it is, it is set up to actually limit freedom in a way and control the, the public. So it's uh, you got two evil things on both sides, and there is no way out of it. And in this Czech society, it's it's more perce perceived as a positive thing the uh, fact that Czech uh, Republic joined the European Union. So society doesn't really recognize the danger in the fact that an external, uh, not national government, is imposed on on the country in the form of the Euro European Union government. Is this the fact? Yeah. They would, rather, they would, they would probably rather accept that than, than Russians coming back again. That's, that's the point. But of course... It's so it's not seen as the Russians coming back? No, no, it's not. That's the problem. Deception is, was done so well, you know, that people don't see that. They are all deceived, very deceived on that issue. And on the other hand, so they really don't have a choice. <laughs> I see. Well, so we came to the line that the actual danger of Russians coming back to Czechia is there and society doesn't understand it. And this is the major line that I think we have to repeat again and again and then explain why. Well, I think... Uh, I think we have to uh, ask what uh, what are Boris' thoughts on the issue. Boris, please. Oh, great! Thank you very much. <laughs> so in one hour, you recognize that I am somewhere near. <laughs> okay. So, um, 
all this information what you say is very interesting for me I am like a beginner of uh, this kind of stuff this kind of historical facts and everything yeah in um, uh, my situation I'm not uh, totally agree with uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Robert uh, who say that uh, Czech society totally depressed and uh, they don't want to read nothing and don't, don't want to like write something you know I, I'm very often on uh, uh, Czech websites and I'm in contact with uh, Czech people and uh, uh, from time to time I'm in Prague uh, for for some weeks or some months you know and uh, this is society in their uh, um, uh, very nice uh, uh, development uh, situation so in this case uh, uh, illustration and uh, uh, democratic changes uh, it's very clear to see and I'm very happy that uh, Czech Republic on this level <coughs> of their uh, uh, development now I think it's uh, uh, highest level of uh, development uh, developing this country all the time you know so um, uh, as I say I am the beginner of uh, this kind of uh, historical um, analysis of uh, uh, KGB of uh, communist uh, problem yeah and uh, the, 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 the my task the my task when I start to do this research the, the, the first the first task what I wanted to uh, represent it's uh, um, how it's uh, work in Ukraine what kind of stuff uh, blocking um, Ukrainian reforms and Ukrainian development development of this country and uh, when I start to do that <coughs> I was absolutely without any <coughs> background I'm just I'm just lived in Czech Republic and lived in Ukraine and I just looked and do some project you know and I saw that some projects not successful because uh, Soviet uh, system working in old style and they don't uh, um, want new contemporary stuff uh, they exp uh, make exploitation just some kitsch stuff like it was in Soviet Union nothing else and um, one project by other and uh, then election and then night of calculating of voices 
and then I start to recognize, I start to feel that it's something wrong, that people, uh, when they are on the street, they can meet you, they can say hello, but if they uh, want to stay by uh, um, interest of Russia, they uh, absolutely change their uh, face and uh, they can do and they can say everything to your eye and uh, uh, they uh, it seems like they work for another country uh, so just maybe less than a year uh, we start to talk about um, illustration in Czech Republic, about illustration in different East European countries. And, uh, you know, it was just the beginning of 2009. And then I just uh, start to collect biographies of Ukrainian politicians uh, and... Uh, uh, it was my answer why this territory cannot develop, why this territory staying in the same situation like in 1992. And uh, this is answer uh, was uh, um, support by this uh, research. So, before, it was just like feeling. It was just some logical or intellectual uh, stuff. Yes, I saw that is something strange in these people. I saw that they very looks like Soviet guys. But, after uh, um, Counting after this diagram, after this uh, mathematics stuff, we clearly can see that Ukraine is in Soviet Union. It's clearly, yeah. And some theater uh, on political scene, it's uh, um, starting to be very brutal for the Ukrainian citizen. And um, now I start to feel that citizens in Ukraine also start to understand something wrong. Yeah, But I don't know how, uh, um, how deep they uh, uh, understand this kind of Soviet uh, dimension of the problem. Um, and I think that um, it's better to make as, uh, to make a, some uh, uh, study for uh, um, Ukrainian uh, people, for Ukrainian uh, society. And uh, open for them the real problem of this country. 
this is a um, people who um, ex KGB and uh, ex communist leaders. Yeah. So because if we don't do that, uh, people will uh, create some other uh, topics for their uh, fights and um, it will be very difficult to um, uh, uh, re re refurbish uh, this situation to reconstruct this situation uh, improve this situation yeah so it's better to start now to um, inform people about to expose the them to expose yes. former communist and KGB yes uh, so this is my this is my um, statement <laughs> I don't know how to say how to say in this in this situation and um, and and I hope that uh, this tema um, will be not only for the um, analytics for the few people who are interested in uh, um, history who are interested in uh, uh, special services uh, but um, I hope that this uh, topic will be interesting for the um, general general public auditory auditory for general public yes because uh, we need to create this kind of um, um, how I say before romatsku um, dumku sorry how to translate it Sergei romatsku dumku well we, we you mean that that we have to make an effort to turn the public opinion yes, awareness public on opinion. the subject. Yes, yes. We yes. Should, the public we should, should create aware. this public public opinion for the for the um, fighting with uh, this uh, Soviet regime in uh, Ukraine. And I hope that uh, this uh, word word illustration will be very popular in Ukraine. And if some uh, civil action will be on the street people will use this uh, word uh, on their uh, posters you know uh, so and uh, and it, it will be very useful for the development of this uh, state so it's my opinion well it's very good uh, that you have such an optimism uh, and uh, by the way, I think uh, there are grounds for it because we can use the experience of uh, the of what happened in uh, Czechia and Poland and other countries. And like we heard from Robert just now, it wasn't going smooth, and it looks like that it's not a full victory. But there is no full victory or full uh, defeat ever. It's all in the process. So we understand that if uh, society in Ukraine will demand lustration 
uh, there are going to be very powerful forces of KGB and communists who have money and resources and guns who will try to hijack the process, who will try to put it in a way uh, that keep the, their power on the country. But, well, we now we are armed with the knowledge that we gained from our colleagues in Czech Republic. Right? What yeah. do you think, Boris? Sure. Uh, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm agree, you know, um, it's, um, uh, it's very interesting that, uh, uh, you know, in uh, Ukraine and uh, in Czech Republic, uh, we feel this uh, uh, smell of communism, you know, in Ukraine it's like, it's 99% everybody uh, know it. In Czech Republic you should uh, find this point, you know, and you can find it. In some places you know that it's like uh, communist, you know, it's something like that. But in general this country uh, uh, very healthy, very healthy, you know. Westernized. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, my idea um, to go to Prague and Berlin with uh, my uh, uh, investigation, uh, I translated uh, in, um, I translated this investigation in uh, English, in uh, German, uh, French and Czech and uh, in Prague and Berlin I will try to attract attention of uh, some uh, mass media, some newspapers, some journals for this tema and I hope that after uh, after uh, um, this, after uh, um, this um, uh, articles in uh, West uh, medias, uh, it, it, it will appear uh, finally in uh, Ukraine, because a lot of journalists in Ukraine afraid uh, talk um, about um, this thema on their uh, pages or on their channels and uh, they for them better uh, take some article from abroad ab about uh, Ukraine then uh, uh, find some open sources in Ukraine because uh, it it will be like their own investigation of some local pro uh, uh, problem. So, lo uh, own investigations on uh, Ukrainian uh, mass media not allowed, <laughs> as I see. Uh, I lived uh, here uh, last five years, yeah, and uh, um, all uh, journalists and all uh, uh, informational sources 
uh, they better uh, bring some news from uh, abroad, from some European or some Russian or from some states uh, news lines, you know, uh, and uh, they don't feel they don't feel uh, very uh, close to uh, personal uh, відповідальність, how I can say. Our response, yeah, for yeah. you think about the inferiority complex of the nation as a whole. Yes, Ukrainians still have an element of inferiority complex, and this is so sad. But we're gonna overcome it. If needed, like you said, you go to the West, and the news comes from there. If they don't want to listen to you in Ukraine, they'll have to listen to what you coming from the West, and this is very good strategy. And um, so uh, well, let's, let's try. Uh, we will see. We will see soon. Uh, I think in in few months it will be clear, you know. So I will be. I will be in uh, Europe uh, um, in uh, before and after New Year. Well, you know, in in Berlin it will be um, after second of January, and before I, I will be. I will be in Prague. So in this time. Uh, they can con contact me and and I can find something. So now I'm working on the on this um, press pool, how I say, yes. Press release. Uh, uh, press package. Uh, no, I'm, I I I I better say that the 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 auditorium. The, I I looking for the people who will be interested uh -huh. in this thema. Yes. Well, it's interesting because, uh, well, like, well, like we just heard from Robert, uh, it seems like that the um, sensitive subjects like that are not really picked up by the Czech press. Maybe they will pick up this subject about Ukraine. Uh, well, it could have been used like uh, or they would they would like to show to their public that Czech uh, Republic is doing comparatively not so bad compared to the neighboring country. We can play this uh, instrument. What do you think? Uh, um, uh, sorry, Serhii, what do you mean? Uh, comparatively with what? I mean that situation with the remaining elements of KGB control in Ukraine is much worse than in Czech Republic. So if the Czech press is not picking up the sensitive subjects about Czechia that, and the politics in Czechia still uh, remaining with a large element mm -hmm. of KGB, they would be, they could be interested, the press in Czech Republic, uh -huh. I mean, yes. in putting some light on the neighboring sure. country that is sure. doing much worse. This is so this trick. is an interest. Yes, point. this is a trick. Because exactly. also, also like Czech, Czech uh, journalists also don't want uh, this kind of personal, uh, uh, how, how you say this interesting word, re, 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 re. responsibility, yes? <laughs> so for them responsibility, better yes. write about some Ukrainian problem. You know, so exactly. maybe, maybe, maybe it will be a trick. I don't know. I don't know. I hope. <laughs>
Well, yes, yes. And I hope that you have some more tricks that you are not announcing right now that will will play for the benefit of promoting the idea. Yes, yes, yes. I will, I will catch it from the, from the left... Uh, what is it? What is interesting that... <laughs> that yes, let's see. Like um, uh, in in Ukraine, the K- KGB uh, underground is not even hiding. They are not even of underground. Course, of course, no. But a little bit hiding, that. you know, a little bit. If they starting to talk about services, about these secret services, yeah, immediately they start to be a little bit strange people, you know. They hide it, you know. They don't hide their biographies because they are so brave here, you know. But nothing is threatening them. That's why there is yeah, nothing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They but but when we talk with some people who connected with KGB, and uh, when we talk with them or I talk with them personally, yeah, immediately they start to be this kind of gray and not feel very well, you know, and and they after start to uh, like make your uh, mm-hmm. these meetings rare, you know, <laughs> so, so uh, that's, that's, you know, that's um, Ill, Ill people. They recognize know? an enemy in you. You know, they recognize that you are their enemy. Not, not that real you enemy. are a it free person. A free person is always an enemy for the KGB, and um, you are a free person. It's not. It's. Not, I. I'm not feel for them like uh, I'm an enemy. You know, but but I feel that that they are worry. Um, how I can say. Sick. Well, Sick. Boris, you, <laughs> yes. they're, they're your enemy. They, this is them who see the enemy in you. You just see them as, like you said, as the sick people who have to actually, you know, come back to real morale, to the Christian morale, and understand that what happened in Ukraine when in the time of the communist rule, half of the population perished, were killed through the organized famine, shootings, and other ways. And this is absolutely impossible to hide. And that the only way for the society to get uh, better, to get normal, is to start talking openly about it and naming names of the criminals who are still in power. Yes, of course, of course, and this country will be more healthy, and some development will be for this territory. It's very important. Uh, uh, Robert, where are you? Yeah, I'm making some notes here, yeah. Okay, so uh, what, you, yeah, what, what you can say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yes, please, Robert. It's good we have an optimism here. We need some optimism here. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> just to the last thing Boris was talking about, uh, that they look at him as a as a being as a as a crazy or nuts, you know. 
Well, yeah, now more, more beginning sick, you know, not crazy. Sick, you yes. Know. They're so very now smart they, they, and very intellectual, you know, but 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 they very you know weak, you know. <laughs> sick. Yeah, now now for from their perspective, you are weak and sick, but <laughs> once you start moving ahead, they will see that it's not so simple, and they will try to discredit you. I think they will put a lot of energy and resources to discredit your work. And uh, and make make you a fool in eyes of public. You know? So they will probably like I mentioned Peter Sibulka's case. So they will try to convince public, and they will find ways uh, that the public will look at you and say, "Oh, he's just fool." You know. He, so there is a real danger because uh, be aware if these sort of KGB people, sort of present people, vanish from the scene. They will be replaced by new. There's a new echelon of people coming, trained, and they will have a different background, which will be hard to recognize where, it, where they are coming from. And But as the ideology goes, uh, they will be the same people following the same orders. It's, it's a very ugly, bloody game. Yeah. And as far as media goes, as far as media goes, you know, after seven years, you know, peddling this thing around the globe, uh, Western media don't give a damn. You know, they they don't care. It's it's far away. It's unpopular. It's politically incorrect. Even like in America, talked about Russia as as a, as any danger. They are friends. You know, they are you now on our side and stuff like that. It's so yeah. It is it is important to get media attention. But I in seven years I couldn't figure out how. So. As another thing, um, I would say anytime you're going to investigate these guys, you know, I think follow the money trail, you know, follow who financed them, where the money is coming from, like in Czech Republic, you know, if you follow the money trail, you will realize that more and more investments coming from Russia, more and more companies are financed or owned by Russians. More real estate is owned by Russians. So they are pushing West, you know, they are pushing West and getting in the sphere of regular business. Uh, they are increasing influence on politics in those countries through the business. And of course, Russian mafia is, is a big part of it because so-called mafia is pretty much extended hand of NGB. And so it goes hand in hand, you know, in that direction, and uh, I make one. I make one note here f from the beginning. You start talking about uh, people in Prague and Czech Republic. We have to re realize that Prague is very different from the rest of the Czech Republic. So people in Prague are different than people in the country. So uh, I would say, yeah, in Prague you can find a bunch of young people who are somehow enthusiastic, but average Joe in the countryside, it's a different story. It's a very different story. I would suggest, uh, Boris, when you go to Prague, you know, try to get personal contact with Peter, like Peter Sibulka or Vladimir Hutchin or uh, Senator Stekina or these type of people. They, you can talk about illustration and learn, you know, what actually went wrong and that learning from mistakes. May help, you know. 
Do you know uh, some contact um, for Peter Tsubuka? Yeah, I can. I can. Yeah, that would be great. If we can, if we can help Boris on his trip and on his mission, that would be great. Yes. Yeah, so it's very. Yeah, I'm. I'm in permanent contact with these people. I can put you in touch with uh, with uh, with uh, Vladimir Bukovsky if you want, and these guys as well. So yeah. No problem. You know. Well, yeah, and, and Vladimir Bukovsky, I think he would be very interested in learning of, of the Boris research because it, it actually shows uh, that uh, the conclusions and that the, the, uh, what Bu Vladimir Bukovsky discovered uh, can be proved by the today's situation in Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, I, I met Vladimir last time in, in May. Uh, he looked quite... Uh, skeptical now. He's like realized that nobody gives a shit. <laughs> but yeah, sure. Well, that's not true. He's trying to... A lot of people who do give. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I don't mean like people, I mean like uh, media, you know. As I mentioned before, well, he, Vladimir, he, over a year ago, Vladimir finished book about reunification of Germany. Uh, where he is describing what really happened and how it happened, he cannot find a publisher anywhere. So that's that thing, you know, the, uh, the his book uh, Judgment in Moscow, for example. I know if you guys know, it was never published in English because the English that publisher right. came in under pressure of uh, Russian mafia. So it's like uh, it's it's not just in eastern europe now it's everywhere you go you run in this type of pressures you know it's 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 scary it's it's really depressing uh robert may i ask you this uh, uh is yeah. the english manuscript of the judgment in moscow available can can we ask vladimir maybe he can uh let us read the english manuscript of the judgment in Moscow. I have it in Russian. I know that it yeah, was I translated have a, and published. Uh -huh. it, yeah, I, I got from him Russian version too, but he didn't send me English version. So I don't know. I, I definitely it was translated. I, I will ask him if, where it is. Yeah. That would be very interesting because the book was published in German, in French, in Russian, in Polish, uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, there were four. And by the way, those books could be found almost in any library in the United States and probably all over the world. But in the United States, I checked it myself. Books are available, but not in English. And this, yeah, not in this English. actually makes Americ Americans don't speak German. Yeah, that's the <laughs> don't speak Polish. That's a problem. Oh, German yeah, right. would, uh, English version would be great success. Yes. Yes, and, and very important to learn, because a lot of things that are said there uh, should be concerning Americans, and uh, should, should be, yeah, Americans I'm, should be aware of that. I am sure his book about the reunifi reunification of Germany would be a blast, you know, that, because that would be, it would probably tear apart everything yes. we know about how it happened, you know. And, and, all, and also, I know that Jeff, our friend Jeff Nyquist, would be very glad if he could get um, uh, to interview Vladimir Bukovsky and ask him uh, some well, questions I, I on him, the current I gave, him, I gave him, 
I think I mm-hmm. try to connect him. I don't if, if Vladimir responded or not. Uh, he sometimes doesn't respond quickly, you know, well, he's traveling yeah. a lot. We, we try, we emailed him several times, we emailed him several times, and uh, Jeff tried to call him, but looks like in, in that period Vladimir was traveling in the other countries, so we should resume uh, trying to establish a dialogue with him, because it, he's one of the, those unique researchers who learned about things directly from the archive archives, which is absolutely, absolutely unique situation, put him in a unique situation. Yeah, yeah very interesting, absolutely. very interesting. So we, we yeah, we, we will try, we will, we will do our best to uh, provide Boris with the contacts with these good people in Czech Republic who are knowledgeable and uh, uh, we hope that through this context, his research will also be getting more attention and in this way coming back to Ukraine and Russia, this time from the Western sources, which always are considered to be more reputable in the East than the, their own, which is kind of an in- inferiority complex, but what can you do about it? You, we have to work to overcome it. Uh, yeah, and in so Boris, you have... Sorry? I'm, I'm sorry, I just lost him like to say spreading awareness of this uh, I can plug in my website www.collapseofcommunism.com there is a lot of references there it's quite I think for people who want to learn about this issue they can find answers yes collapseofcommunism.com that's a website address yes. for Robert uh, Bukhar uh, and uh, the book is pu- his book is uh, just published in Czech Republic under the title of say it Robert please Revolution yes and the book is coming in the United States under the title uh, which is uh, say it please oh, Book will be published in America in January under the title uh, "And Reality Be Damned." I see. It has a nice uh, red cover with a picture of Putin uh, talking uh, in secrecy to Gorbachev. Right? Is this the <laughs> picture? Like no, 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 yes. no, 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 no. Not that. Uh, it's it's for the Czech no, the, uh, edition. The check the check cover has a some sort of red cover with a bunch of politicians on the top. I didn't have a control over that. Uh-huh. I don't know what the cover of English version will be yet. We are just working on it. I see. I see. I, what I saw on the web page is is really nice, and there is a little picture of you on the on and then the well the politicians. Interesting. Yeah. So. Um, but Boris, and what what is the web address for this uh, for your research? Where can people read it? It's uh, on the um, website um, uh, of uh, our civil organization uh, in Czech Republic, Ukraine.cz. Yes, and uh, in the right side, uh, in column, you can find uh, the name of the article. This Ukraine under KGB. Uh, so, and in this article, a lot of sources on internet 
where you can download this investigation and uh, some other uh, materials. Uh, I will left I will left uh, for you my contact details in uh, Czech Republic. Also my mail and Skype, of course, will work. And um, uh, if uh, you know some people who are interested in uh, this kind of contemporary face of Soviet Ukraine, uh, I can send all information in uh, these languages, what I say, uh, and uh, I can meet in Prague or in Berlin and we can uh, discuss about this uh, document. So, I hope that this journey will be useful for uh, um, European journalists and after it will come to Ukraine from the West, like it was in Soviet time. Right, and, and it, it should be very productive. Uh, by the way, uh, you translated your research, Ukraine under KGB control, the analysis of presence of KGB agents and uh, former uh, communist nomenclature in Ukraine politics. You translated it from Ukrainian in English, in German, in Czech. Is this correct? Yes, and French. And French, of course. Yes, yes, Excellent. Yes. yes. So, um, before, uh, I think, in, in one week, I will finish all this formatting stuff, you know? Uh, yes. So, in one week it will be ready, and it will be everywhere in Internet, too. And uh, it's very interesting because uh, when you read it uh, in uh, other language, you feel that uh, it has more more power to be right. on air. Yes, of course, of course. Um, uh, are, um, are we, uh, do we have any con conclu conclusion thoughts on the issues? Uh, anybody wants to say uh, some summary? Uh, Robert? Robert, yes. Boris? <laughs> Robert. Uh, okay, <laughs> Boris, go ahead. I have to think of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, summary. Um, let's let's uh, let's uh, do this kind of conversation when I will be in Prague and in Berlin. I think that uh, I will uh, find uh, some interesting people and we can uh, make some discussion about uh, this. Maybe Petr Cebulka also. Uh, will uh, uh, we'll join join yes 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 um, for this uh, 
the, the, the discussion or some uh, other uh, interesting uh, uh, people. So uh, let uh, let let's work in this kind of contemporary dimension and uh, let's uh, let's see what we can do in the future uh, with uh, this information and uh, with our uh, uh, wishes to change uh, situation in Czech Republic, for, the best. for example, yes, to 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 щоб вона повністю виздоровіла, як сказати. In order to have the uh, society cured from the from this communist KGB uh, no, disease. Like to, yes, I like to see this uh, um, very healthy uh, republic. Also, I hope that uh, we start to uh, ликувати. Uh, to, uh, well, yeah, to treat the to sickness, treat, to cure the yes, disease. to treat or cure, to treat Ukraine a little bit, you know. Yeah. We should start well, this. We, uh, yes, we, we should have our hope high. We, get, we can definitely accomplish and we will accomplish that. We will wake up the society and I hope it will happen before the Russians move in, like yes, Robert yes, yes. said so that. Please help that for Ukraine, and after you, Ukrainian uh, people will help to do some other stuff in other country. Just do yes. Ukrainian Ukrainians uh, free and dem democratic, you know, and we will, that we is will right. move uh, mountains, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, it is possible. Robert. Okay, I what? yeah, what? I'm. I admire Boris' optimism. I hope he's right. I'm skeptic by nature. I would say Russians don't have to move in; they are already in. Question is how to stop them to spread even more. Uh, that's 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 probably the issue. I think that's a great idea to do this type of you know discussions from Prague and other places that that could actually really help to spread around. Uh, the other question is how to get these discussions to the public very effectively. Yes. Well, we will do our best. By the way, I think it is possible when Boris will be visiting Prague and Berlin, maybe he can conduct uh, a. Uh, a podcast from there with uh, other uh, Czech uh, activists and authors and researchers and you, Robert. So it's another opportunity um, if Boris will get in contact with Petr Cibulka and put, put you guys all in on one uh, round table and uh, have a discussion. That would that would be wonderful, actually. Yeah, that that would be. Very good thing to do, yes, I so agree. I hope that my friend in the Prague, Andrzej uh, Sokup, uh, will help me and other friends and other uh, uh, no people, um, known for me people, will uh, help uh, to do this uh, task in Europe. So, uh, thank you very much.